0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The use of smartphones has increased rapidly in recent years. Populations are moving away from their desktop computers and wired connections and embracing the future of mobile internet services with 71% of 16 to 24-year-olds in the UK today now regularly using their smartphones to get online. I'm Mira Senthilingam, and in this special edition of The Naked Scientists, I investigate how safe this move to being mobile really is. I visit one of London's busiest railway stations and meet Daniel Cuthbert and Glenn Wilkinson from Sensepost, a UK and South African-based company who have developed a system to track and profile your movements using information given away in public by your mobile phone. They both show me how easy it is to retrieve such information, with Daniel setting the scene for just how much information our phones are sharing without us knowing.
1: smartphone usage in the UK has grown at such an alarming rate. And we looked at Ofcom, who yearly do a report that looks into how people are using the internet, how many phones are purchased, etc. And in 2009, only 1.2 million smartphones were purchased. Now, if we fast forward August 2012, two-fifths of UK adults now have a smartphone. And 40% of those actually use it as their sole primary internet device. And you know, if you look at traditional methods, of connecting, it's either 3G or Wi-Fi. And so what we've done with this, you know, bit of research, is look at vulnerabilities in the Wi-Fi protocol, and to see how we could use that to gather as much information as you can do about the person their tracking, their usage habits, etc
0: we're located in Liverpool Street Station in the city of London at the moment, which sees 148 million people passing through here every year. I mean, just around us now, there are thousands of people readily armed with their smartphones. How much can you know about all of these people walking around here just busily emailing or potentially updating their Facebook?
1: So one of the flaws that was found back in 2004 was that a mobile device will probe for the last X number of connected access points. So to put that in basic terms, when you go to your home and you connect to home nets and you save that as a connection, that's stored in the device. Now, if we fast forward to the smartphone usage, a lot of people move around with their phone, right? So if you can imagine, you're probably connected to, let's say conservatively, eight access points. Every time you leave the house, your phone's going, where's this? Where's that? Where's this? Where's that? So what Glenn and I have done is build up a framework that makes use of this floor that was discovered in 2005. We can now figure out where these people are, where they travel to, where they've been. And in places like Liverpool Street, where it's got a high concentration of people, you can gather a lot of information in a short period of time. So a lot of people do leave Wi-Fi turned on.
0: Glenn, you, you've actually looked into the technology that helps find out all of this information through people's phones. I mean, what are the main things you're able to do?
2: OK, so the project has two main components. I built software for two main areas. The one is tracking people and the other is profiling people. And as Daniel mentioned, your mobile phone or your laptop or any wireless device is constantly sending out these what we call probe requests looking for networks that are previously connected to. And in that message, it discloses a unique serial number for that device. It's called the, the, the MAC address. If someone walks past now with their Wi-Fi on and they send out a bunch of probe requests, I can see that MAC address. I can record it on some listening software I have. And then if they walk past me again later today, I would see that same unique serial number, that same unique MAC address. What that means is that in any given location and point in time, I know if there is someone around me. And later in time, at some other point in space and time, I can see them again. That's, that's perhaps nothing new. But what I built that is new is a distributed framework for this. So what we can do is we can drop what we call drones all over a certain location.
0: So these are essentially, I mean, devices that this one here you've got is just a Nokia smartphone, really?
2: So essentially it's any device that can run Linux, has a wireless card, and has drivers that support the kind of things that we're doing. So in my hand here, I've got a Nokia N900 with some special software and some special drivers. I've also got a a small access point called an Alpha, which is battery-powered and solar-powered. We can also plug devices into a wall socket, make it look like an air freshener or something. And they'll all collect this data and upload it to a central server. And at that central server, we can then dig into the information and and process it.
0: So essentially, you're gathering information about thousands of smartphones in many different locations, say, around London, and just getting a good profile or tracking the movements of the people of London.
2: Yes, exactly. And where that becomes interesting is on the, the, the larger scale. So if we were to drop one of these devices in every underground station for a day, say, you would then notice, okay, at 8.04 a.m., this Apple product walked past us. Forty minutes later, it popped up at Oxford Station. Um, An hour later, it popped up outside Oxford Circus Station.
0: So you're really seeing somebody's daily movement?
2: We assume that's in someone's pocket, and therefore we know that a person is taking this route. And that becomes quite interesting on um, the large scale, when you have tens of thousands of people, and you can see the daily movement patterns between various locations.
0: It's worth pointing out just how inconspicuous these objects really are. So they are as small as a smartphone. And as you mentioned, something could be deceived to be a air freshener. And so it's really people can get away with these things because no one's really going to suspect what they're doing.
2: Yeah, for example, when we ran a little field test, I sat in a railway station for 13 hours, with a smartphone in my hand, and and no one questioned me.
0: Well, so this is very much, I guess, tracking movements. But you also mentioned profiling. So having seen that there are these phones around, are you able to tap into them and actually get information off them?
2: There's two main aspects of this profiling approach. So the first interesting thing, if we walk around some location with a device that has um, Wi-Fi and GPS capabilities, each time we notice a wireless network, like an, an AP, we can note its GPS coordinates and put that in a big database for later. So what's interesting with that is we have these, say, 50 drones deployed in the field. They're all watching for these various people, and all that data gets uploaded to this one central web server. On that central server, we can start looking, okay, here's an Apple device is looking for these five networks. Let's see if we can map those to locations. So BT Home Hub, something, something, that maps to 6 Main Street London. And we can quite quickly and quite easily build up fairly interesting profile on somebody especially because these days um, network ids are unique so very quickly i can work out hey that person who just walked past me they live at this address they work at this address we then interface that into google apis get their street address and a street view photograph of their house
0: Well, you've actually got um, something set up here and you've got, I mean, your original start point, which is here at the station. And you've already mapped a a range of phones that are nearby, one of which you've even located down to a house in in Yorkshire.
2: Yeah, so precisely. If Look at the screen here. The software is running. Somebody walked past about five minutes ago and, yeah, it maps to a location in Yorkshire. There's a street address. I won't say it on air.
0: And a picture of their house.
2: Yep, yep. And there's, there's their house taken from a Google Street View. I
0: feel like I've just invaded somebody I don't even know.
2: Yeah, precisely. We're we're in their house, pretty much.
0: And what about the actual information on their phone? So, I mean, they're using it to write emails, possibly do their banking. Can you actually tap into and get information there?
2: Because your phone is constantly sending out these probe requests, it's constantly shouting, hey, Starbucks, are you there? What my drone can also do is it can pretend to be those networks. So your phone shouts out, hey, Starbucks, are you there? My drone hears it and it says, yes, I'm Starbucks. Why don't you connect to me? and then your iPhone or your BlackBerry or laptop, whatever, will connect to this device and receive its internet via this device. And again, following the distributed nature, these 50, access, these 50 drones deployed all over London, everyone's network traffic will go to this one spot, and I can monitor everyone's communications on this, on this one spot.
0: So potentially, I mean, using these devices, you're able to pretend to be certain networks that people's phones are looking for, and they will essentially tap into your device
2: yes exactly that but it wasn't as exciting back then because there weren't that many smartphone devices now that there are so many more it's you know much bigger bunch of targets to attack two small cruxes that only works for open networks or web networks but you'll find most devices sure they're probing for their secure home network but they're also probing for previously open networks so basically if you've ever connected to an open network you're likely to fall victim to this kind of attack
0: Now, moving back to you, Daniel, then. So you've got these various ways of tracking people, profiling people. What have been some of your most recent findings, I guess, using these technologies?
1: So last week, Wednesday, the four of us went out before rush hour in key central London locations. We looked at high-volume traffic hubs, London Liverpool Street, Kings Cross, Victoria and Oxford Street. And we were there for the quarter to eight morning hour rush until half past nine. And in the Liverpool Street location where we're at now, over that period, we saw over 11,000 devices. And for effectively all four locations, we saw nearly 50,000 devices.
0: All in the space of an hour?
1: All in the space of an hour.
0: And I guess, is this the kind of thing that we, sh- we should be worried about at the moment? So are hackers potentially doing this or going out at these times to try and find out information about people?
1: I wouldn't say no. I, I think it's a, an exciting area for the scammers and the criminals to try and look at exploiting. You know, it's we keep everything on our devices these days. Your banking, your passwords, your social media stuff, your email accounts. So getting hold of these devices is, you know, there's such a wealth of information. As we evolve and use these devices, people are going to look at ways of exploiting it.
0: And I guess stepping away from the bad people, the hackers, how could this information potentially be useful in the future, say, for organisations or authorities?
1: There's two areas I see are being useful. One is for the security services. Now, they're already doing work like this. Obviously, we we don't know as much as we should do. Tracking people, working out their habits. You know, the the police and the security services need access to data like this to see if they can find out terrorists or criminals. I'm not going to elaborate on that. One area we think would be quite interesting is for targeted marketing. So let's say you are American Apparel, and you want to send up a new trendy hipster shop selling skinny jeans in dalston but you need to understand a how many skinny cappuccino drinking iphone users pass through dalston on a daily basis so if you had technology like this you could set it up over a period of four weeks and look at how many thousands of hipsters move through this area where i want to put my shop up
0: dalston is a is a very hipstery area of london where say trendy people tend to live
1: yeah, you could do it for there. You could do it in New York, L.A., San Francisco, wherever you wanted to. And for marketers, this kind of information's a goldmine. You know, here you've got demographics of people moving around where they've been, you know, I want to know everybody's coming from Yorkshire because they're all tea drinkers up there, so I want to figure out where do they move in central London. And it's all about movement of people, targeted advertising. We saw a glimpse of this in the movie Minority Report. I don't know if everybody remembers the scene where John anderson or whatever his name is is walking through uh, the mall and there's targeted adverts looking and presenting ads that are more specific to him and you could probably do the same thing here if you can find a person that's been to the last five wi-fi networks and three of them or four of them or clothing shops you know you could pop up an sms or send them an email saying hey we've got a special on skin tight tops this morning you know pop by the shore, sure, you know you're right near the shop
0: but i guess the question with that is is that actually allowed at the moment
1: I couldn't ask them legally. Um, the law takes a while to catch up to people. I'd say no, but I wouldn't put it past somebody trying to do it.
0: So I guess to summarise really, what are the main things people need to remember at the moment? I'm thinking I just need to turn my Wi-Fi off when I'm not using it.
1: I think we need to try start treating smartphones as we would do our laptops. You know, we generally put everything in, onto the smartphone. We trust it a lot, but we also lose a lot of them. Smartphones by nature are very chatty. You know, as we've seen with this wine party thing, we can work out where you are, where you've been, that kind of thing. I think it's just being more aware of, you know, there are people out there that are trying to abuse this. Be a bit more careful.
0: Daniel Cuthbert and before him, Glenn Wilkinson from SensePost, showing just how much we reveal about ourselves through our smartphones, and most worryingly, without us knowing. I'm Mira Senthilingam, and thank you for listening to this special edition podcast from The Naked Scientists.